Welcome to the Dulos Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Have you ever been ghosted by somebody? And do you know what that means? Anybody not know what ghosted means? I mean, we're all young people in the room, okay? A few of you, these, these are probably homeschoolers, right? Uh, you don't have cell phones, it's all good. So here's what ghosted means for those, the four of you that don't know. It's mean, it means, you know, where I'm texting a girl, my wife, she never ghosted me, but you're texting a girl and you're like, hey, sweetie, how's it going? You're having a conversation. I mean, it's going good. And out of nowhere, you're like, hey, you wanna hang out? Silence. Like, she left you on red, bro. Like, like, you don't know what just happened. You just got ghosted. Now, here's the deal. I've only been ghosted once in my entire life. I've only been ghosted once. It wasn't a dating relationship. It wasn't anything like that. It was by a plumber. Me and my sister were just talking about it. This dude, I was like, hey, it was a family handyman. He was a family friend. I was like, hey, I need you to come work at my house. And he's like, cool, I'll be there at 10 a.m. Great, perfect. The dude doesn't show up. So I call him. I'm like, hey, bro, you said 10 a.m. Where are you at? It's like 5 p.m. Nothing. Call him the next day. Hey, man, hope, hope everything's good. <laughs> like, I don't know where you are, but I really need you to come fix my house. Nothing. Eventually, a week later, he's like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I got a little busy. I was like, no kidding, man. <laughs> it's been a week. It has been a week. And I need you. And he's like, all right, I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow. Great. Sounds good. Guess what? Ghosted again and again and again and again. And seriously, it was like, it was so frustrating. Maybe this has happened to you, or maybe you're the horrible, sinful person that's ghosted somebody else. But, like, maybe you're in that relationship, and you're like, ooh, this guy really likes me. I don't like him. I don't want to turn him down. And so you just leave him on red, and you just don't bother it, right? Now, here's the deal. I do this too many times where someone will text me. There's probably a few in the room where you've texted me, and I read it. I didn't leave you on, on unread, but I read it and I'm thinking through it and I'm like, all right, I, I got to think about that. And it could just be like, hey, what's the set next week? Right, Anthony? Like you've texted me this before. And I'm like, I don't know. So let me think about it before I respond. Eventually, like a week later, he's like, hey, I texted you. I was like, you did? What? You, you texted me? And I look and I'm like, oh, my bad. That's seriously my bad. But the reason I'm talking about this is a lot of the times this happens in our relationships, but I think a lot of the times we think it happens in our relationship with God, that God just leaves us on unread, that we, we cry out to him, we pray to him, we go, man, God, where are you at? Where are you in this season? I mean, I really need you here. Give me a sign, reveal yourself to me, just show up and nothing happens. And you're like, all right, like, did I just get ghosted by the Holy Ghost? Like what just happened? And you keep crying out, right? And you keep crying out and you keep praying and you keep going, God, like, man, like I'm going through a tough season. I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a storm right now. Just reveal yourself to, for me. Re reveal yourself to me. Like just show up. Give me any sign that you are surrounding me. And guess what? Nothing happens. And you're going, man, I, I just got ghosted again by the Father. I just got ghosted again by the Holy Ghost. In today's passage, we're, we're in Matthew chapter 14. And I think the disciples are going through this feeling right now. Where they're like, man, Jesus is awesome. He's great because here's where we are in the story. Is he, Jesus just fed the 5,000, right? Amazing story. 
where he takes two emblems, fish and loaves, just these little crackers and multiplies it. And it says 5,000, but there's probably women there and there's men there and there's children there. And some scholars think he fed 25,000 people with just a few emblems, a few things. I mean, a crazy miracle. And the disciples are like, man, Jesus, you're awesome. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's, let's show everyone who you are, your king, your Messiah. This is awesome. And then he goes, go. Wait, wait a second, Jesus. Like, you just did all these cool things. We want to know how you did it. Like, what's your tricks? Like, like show us how you did it. Show us how you did the miracle. Just, just, just tell us. Now, I, I need to be alone. I, I need you to go across the sea, and, and I'll, I'll catch up with you later. And they're going through a storm. And they're going, okay, Jesus, where are you? And have you ever prayed the prayer, Jesus, if you're real, just show up? Jesus, Jesus, if, if you want me to follow you, just get me through this test. Amen, right? I mean, y'all ain't got to worry about that for the past four weeks because y'all just been Googling the answers. But now that you're going back to school, you got to be like, Jesus, get me through this test. Or Jesus, man, like, I don't know if you're there. I don't know, if, I don't know where you are, but I really need you right now. We look at this passage and the disciples are crying their eyes out. They're rowing as hard as they possibly can, going through a storm of their lifetime. They just saw the miracle. Jesus said, go this way. I, I gotta be alone. I can't go with you. I'll catch up with you. And they're crying out like, Jesus, where are you? Why am I going through this? Why do I have these feelings? Why am I going through this trouble? Why am I facing all these things? It's just everything is against me right now. And I think this passage is so true for us today because we're all in a storm, right? Like COVID-19 has put us all into the same boat, the same storm. It just looks different for all of us. And especially through this season, we're like, man, it's got to end. It's got to end. It's got to end. Come on, Jesus, just let it end. Like, we know you can do it. Just, just finish this. But we're still in the storm. And for some of you, you're going, man, this is my senior year. This is not how I pictured this. This is not how I wanted to go about this. This is not how I wanted to get scholarships. This is not how I wanted to visit my schools and my dreams. Like, this is not it, Jesus. And for some of you, you're going, man, I just miss community. I just miss hanging out with my friends. I miss going to concerts. I miss going to the bowling alley. And some of you are already doing this. But some of you are going, man, my parents won't let me out of the house without a mask on. And we're all just rowing as hard as we can, feel like everything is against us. And this is exactly where we find the disciples. But the truth I want to tell you this morning before we begin is this. If you feel like Jesus has ghosted you, he has not. Most likely you have ghosted him. He says, I am with you always to the very ends of the age. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. You are not alone. But if you feel like Jesus has ghosted you, has left you out there on your own, guess what? It's because you have left him. And this morning, my prayer is that by the end of this message, I only got four points. They're very simple, very easy, straight from the text. But at the end of today's message, you'll realize, you know what? I have gone against him. I have abandoned him. I have ghosted Jesus himself. And I need to step back into a relationship with him. I need to step back into a life filled with faith. Because this morning, we are going to look at a story of the disciples. But I hope you will see every single one of our lives in this story as well this morning. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, make sure you're open to Matthew chapter 14. We're starting in verse 22. Matthew writes, 
immediately he made the disciples get into the boat. Now pause right there. This is funny to me because a lot of times in our lives when bad stuff is about to happen or when bad stuff happens, we're like, oh, the, dead, the devil made me do it. Have you ever heard this before? Oh, Satan did this. This is straight from Satan. Boy, it says Jesus made them get into the boat. You're like, there's no way this storm is Jesus. He's, he's going, hey, get into the boat right now. You go into a storm. And every time we hit that storm, every time we hit a show, we're like, oh, this is straight from the devil. It's straight from the devil. But it's like, no, this is Jesus, man. He's like, hey, I know what you're about to go through, but I want you to endure it. I need you to go through it because I will show you what is going to happen next. So he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. I just want to pause right there. These are none of my points. These are just things just I've been thinking about day after day. He sends them before him, but do you know that Jesus has already gone before you? Do you understand that, amen? Oh, come on, y'all better wake up. Here's the deal. You might think you're going before him to the other side. You might think you're going through the storm without him, but he is with you, he's for you, he's already gone before you, amen, church? Amen. He's already gone before you. He's already endured that storm. He's already endured that trial. He's already endured that temptation. And all you got to do is go, all right, I don't know where you're at, but I know you're with me. I don't know where you are, but I know you're with me. I don't know how you're going to get me through this, but I know I'm going to get through this with you because you've already gone through this. Listen to what happens. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So this amazing miracle happens. Jesus put all the disciples on the boat. I want you to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. I'm gonna stay here. He disperses the crowds, goes up onto a mountaintop to pray. Do you understand that prayer is so important? That even the Son of God made time out of his day, out of his life, out of teaching the disciples what to do and what not to do, that he sent them on their way and he retreated by himself to pray. Here's my first point this morning. Point number one, prayer reveals position. You see, Jesus retreated to a place where he was alone so he could understand what was next. And I truly believe that every time he retreats and begins to pray, it reminds me of the Garden of Gethsemane where he's sitting there by himself and going, God, if you would take this cup from me, God, if you take this cup from me, but not my will, but what? Your will be done. And every time he retreats, he knows the impending doom of the cross, that he is about to pay the price for you and for me. And what it reminds me of and the, and the blessing that it is, is that Jesus had to be alone so you and I never had to go alone. Let me say that again. Jesus had to be alone so you and I never had to go alone. Here's what I mean by that. He knew he had to take on the cross alone so you and I would have the Holy Spirit. Amen? Like, do you understand, if he never took upon the cross, if he never was buried in the tomb, if he never rose from the grave, then the Holy Spirit, that as we believe as and proclaim as believers, that Spirit's living within us, that you are not alone. Even in your loneliest of moments, in your lowest of moments, you're still not alone because the Holy Spirit is with you and Jesus retreats and he prays and prayer reveals your position. Here's what I mean about that for us. If you ever are unsure if 
the Holy Ghost has ghosted you. Start praying. Because first you'll realize, all right, am I in the will of God? Am I being encouraged by the Spirit? Or am I being convicted? Am I out of the will of God? Because when you start praying, guess what? The Word of God is going to speak to you. He's going to go, hey, bro, that ain't it. That's not the life I called you to live. You can't have a communication with the Father and not be expected for him to go, nope, conviction. Here's where you gotta be. Having communication with the Father isn't like, hey, Dad, uh, can you just give me a brand new car? Hey, Dad, can you just bless me today? No. Father, what is your will for my life? He's gonna go, well, it's not what you're doing right now. It's not those friends. It's not that Instagram post. It's not how you're talking to people. This is who I want you to be. So when you begin to pray, you realize your position, that I'm in, am I in the will of God or am I outside of the will of God? But more than that, here's what you also figure out. Your position in heaven. When you start praying to the Father, you go, all right, I'm reminded that I'm a son and daughter of the King. I'm reminded that Jesus paid the price. I'm reminded that the Father in heaven sent his one and only son to die on a cross for all of my sins, for all of my shame, for all of my guilt. And my position is not to live an eternity in hell, but to live an eternity with the Father in heaven. That is my position. And the only way you will be reminded of that is not by scrolling through Instagram and seeing the verse of the day, but it's simply by praying a prayer and having communication with the Father. And Jesus showed us that example, the Son of God. He retreated and he prayed because prayer reveals your position. If you ever feel like the Holy Ghost has ghosted you, he hasn't. But the best way to get over that is pray, God, what's your will for my life? Am I in your will? Am I outside your will right now? Who are you calling me to be? What are you calling me to do? Remind me of who I'm called to be as a son and daughter of the Most High King. He continues. We get back to the disciples. Verse 24, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land. Scholars say this is probably three to four miles off the land. They're in the middle of the sea. And listen what happens. Beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. Beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. See, this is how it feels right now, right? When you're in a storm, you feel like everything is against you. And understand this. You're, a lot of times when we picture other disciples in our boat, we, we look at like you know, a carnival cruise, like, man, oh, they just sailing across the Sea of Galilee. No. Some of you are like, oh, I think of the Pirates of Car Caribbean or whatever, right? Old Jack Sparrow's getting them across the Sea of Galilee. No. The boat is smaller than anything you've ever seen. It looks like a canoe. Like, this thing is so small, and you got all 12 disciples on this little bitty boat rowing as hard as they possibly can, and guess what? They're not going anywhere. They're being beaten by the waves. The wind is against them. It doesn't matter if they have sails or not. They can't even put them up because the wind is so strong. Everything is against them. And here's point number two. When you find yourself in a storm, the storm reveals your strength. And let me say this. The storm reveals your strength in who or what your strength is in. Is it in my own power? I'm going to keep rowing. I'm going to keep rowing. I'm going to keep rowing. I'm not getting anywhere. The wind is against me. The world is against me. My friends are against me. Everything is against me, but I keep rowing. You're not going anywhere, man. 
But if your strength is in the Lord, guess what? He'll take you to where he wants you to go. He'll get you to where you need to go. But for so many of us, we hit a storm. We're like, I got this. I don't need anybody to know about the sin I'm going through. I don't need anybody to know about my temptation. I don't need anybody to know about my addiction to pornography or whatever it is for your life. And you're going, you know what? I got this. I can handle it. And you start rowing, right? And you call on one friend. You're like, all right, man, I need you to row with me. I can't tell you what we're going towards. I can't tell you what you were against, but I need you to row with me. And you call another friend. Hey, man, I'm going through a dark time, a dark time, but I can't tell you my sin. So get in the boat with me. And three people, guess what? You're not going anywhere. But when you call on Jesus, you start going somewhere. But you see the disciples, they are rowing with their own strength. And just like I said before, who put them in the boat? Was it Satan? Hey guys, get in the boat. Let me show you a cool storm. Who put them in the boat? Come on, who put them in the boat? Do you remember? Do you remember? Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat. Jesus himself put the disciples in the boat knowing the storm was up ahead. Sometimes the storm is a test. Jesus is going, where's your strength? Is it in yourself or is it in me? Where do you find your strength? Is it, is it in the source or is it in the resource? Where's your strength? It's a test of your faith. It's a test of your strength. What is your strength in? So the disciples are rowing and rowing and rowing, and the wind was against them. Verse 25, in the fourth watch of the night, this is between 3 and 6 a.m. So what we know by now is the disciples were rowing for nine straight hours in the middle of a storm. Now, most likely, y'all haven't been on Joe Pool Lake rowing for nine hours and not going anywhere. But let's just think about metaphorically for our lives. Maybe some of you are in this position right now where it feels like months, feels like weeks, maybe it's even years that you're going, man, I just can't get out of this storm. I just can't get out of this circumstance. I just can't get out of this situation. I'm doing everything I can, but I just can't get out of it. But watch what happens. It says, in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And I just love, Matthew just skims it, just walking on the sea. This is Jesus walking on water. This is amazing. Like this is, this is never seen before. This is the extra to the extra. Like this is perfect. But Matthew's just like, and he was walking on the water. Let's keep moving on. There's a reason why he keeps moving on. Watch. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. Wait a second. They just were with Jesus. Probably at this point, they've been spending about two years with Jesus and they just saw him do miracles and they know he's the one that sent them off and hey, I'm gonna catch up with you. But now they see him and they're terrified? Like what's going on? But this is the reason why. They were terrified and said, it is a ghost. Everyone said ghost. One more time, ghost. It is a ghost, the disciples proclaimed and they cried out in fear. Now, I don't know about you, I don't endorse this, but have you ever been to a haunted house? with a manly man, you know what I'm talking about? One time uh, I was 14, uh, I took my now wife as a girlfriend uh, to uh, Six Flags. Yes, great for Fright Fest of all things. I hate scary things, I don't deal with it, I don't do it. 
But we go into the haunted house in this, I don't even know where it was in the park, maybe you do, but we go into this haunted house and I'm just trying to act tough. I'm like, all right, I got this. I don't know what's about to come. I can't see nothing, but I got this. And I don't even think anybody touched me or nothing, but I said, ah! And I ran out of that place. I got through the exit and I look around. I'm like, I don't know where she is, but I'm safe. I was terrified for my life. Full fear in that moment. And these dudes, this is what the disciples are. You can imagine, they're exhausted. They've been rowing for all this time. And even when Jesus, the Son of God, shows up doing something cooler than ever, walking on water, they go, ah, it's a ghost. What is that? They can't even recognize that it's the Son of God. And I think for a lot of us, this is where we are. When Jesus shows up, we're like, oh, that's not him. That, that, that's not the situation I, I wanted to be in. So there's no way that's Jesus. Oh, that's not the circumstance I wanted to be in. There, there's no way that's Jesus. That's not the college I wanted to go to. There's no way that's Jesus. That's, that's not the life I want to live. So there's no way that's Jesus. But Jesus shows up. The disciples scream, ah, it's a ghost. Who is that? It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Now there's two parts to this that I want to point out is first, the do not be afraid. Every time an angel shows up on the scene throughout scripture, this is what it says, do not be afraid. Because if an angel is showing up or a ghost, the Holy Ghost is showing up, that's got to be pretty frightening. Do not be afraid. But listen to what it says, it is I. It is I is the same terminology of it is I am that we see in the Old Testament that this is God. And he's pulling them back going Remember your faith. Remember who you are. Remember what's going on because it's I am that is in front of you. And I am is the only person that could walk on water as we read in Psalms. I am the God that you're searching for. I am the hope you need. I am the comfort you need in the middle of the storm. It is I. So take heart. I'm right here with you. I'm right here with you. You see, the storm reveals your strength. Are you scared right now? You don't know what, what's going to happen next. You don't know where the next wave is going to knock you over. You don't know what's going to happen. But he says, take heart. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you comfort. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, watch this. If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said one word. Come. So Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. I love that. You see, Peter was one of the ones with the disciples. It's a ghost. I'm scared. But the minute he hears the Son of God's voice, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter, that's Jesus. I know the voice of my Father. I know the voice of the Son of God. I know the voice of Jesus. So Jesus, not if it's you, that's what we read, but what it's really saying is since it's you, 
Since it is you, Jesus, call me upon the water because I don't want to be away from you anymore. I don't want to feel ghosted from you anymore. I don't want to feel alone anymore. I want to be found in you. I want my strength to be found in you. I want to be with you. So call me upon the water and Jesus come. So Peter, immediately, you can imagine this, right? He's right here. He's rowing. He's rowing. He's rowing. He's rowing. Ah, a ghost. Oh, wait, that's Jesus. Jesus come. And what I imagine is Peter isn't going, okay, one second, Jesus. Can this hold me, bro? Like, is this water going to hold me? I've never seen water hold me before. Like, it's, are we okay? You got this? Like, show me some stepping stones. Like, are you okay if I walk on the water? No. In full faith, Peter gets out of the boat and just starts walking. I wish I could just levitate. That would have been awesome. But I ain't David Blaine. But, you know, he just starts walking on the water. His faith. But watch what happens. Peter is doing something only God can do himself. He's in the middle of a dang miracle. He's in the middle of it. No one else has experienced this. And even in that moment, listen to what happens. So Peter got out of the boat, walked in the water, came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, can you see the wind? No. But when he saw the wind, guess what happened? He was afraid and began to sink. And cried out, Lord, save me. He's in the middle of a miracle. How many of you wish you could be walking on water? I mean, it'd be, it'd be awesome, right? Just be like, hey, what up, guys? I'll meet you out there. He's walking on water. And it says he sees the wind. What is that? I can't see the wind. But it's saying simply he takes his eyes off Jesus. He starts worrying about, that. Is this possible? Is, uh, my doubts don't, I mean, science doesn't prove this. I mean, I'm too heavy. I should be sinking right now. Or, you know, your mind gets a hold of you and you're going, wait, wait a second. Wait, wait a second. I, I can't do this. I mean, there's no way God's blessing me in this area. There, there's no way God can get me through this. There's, there's no way Jesus is calling me to do this. He forgets about just keeping his eyes focused on Jesus. And he sinks. But the beauty of that is when he falls, he cries out at the same time, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took a hold of him and saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Point number three is this. Your feet reveal your faith. Now, it's interesting to me that Peter is a part of an amazing miracle. Like only Jesus and the son of God, God himself could walk on water. But now Peter is number two. Like he's walking on water. And even then Jesus says, you of little faith. Now here's what I see. In Matthew chapter eight, a centurion comes to Jesus. Say, Jesus, my, my servant's dying. He's, 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 he's dying. I mean, I, I need your help. But I know if, if you could just say to heal him. That's, that's all I need. I don't need you to come here. I just need you to stay here. Just, just say the word and I know he'll be healed. It says, Jesus, stay where you are. Just say the word. And in that moment, Jesus says, you have great faith. But in this moment, because Peter started walking, he's, he started saying, I want to come to you. So you have little faith. See, a lot of times in our lives, we think we have to do big things to get big results. Faith is not just a sprint. Faith is not just the big steps. It's the small steps. 
He's taking a step each and every day that I'm going to step in faith. I'm going to step out in faith. And that's what I mean by this. Your feet reveal your faith. Faith is belief in action. And if you're not moving, you don't believe what the word is telling you. Your feet are showing the world that I'm following Jesus. I'm following who he's called me to be. I'm following where he's called me to go. I'm following even if he calls me out upon the waters, I'm going to follow him. Your feet reveal your faith. But a lot of times our feet reveal our fear. Well, I I can't do that. And you start backpedaling. Jesus, there's no way you're calling me to go talk to that person. Jesus, there's there's no way you want want me to go be a missionary. Jesus, there's no way you're calling me a full-time minister. I'm only a freshman. Jesus, there's no way you want me to pray for my football team. Jesus, there's no way you want me to tell my teacher about Jesus. Jesus, there's no way you want me to tell my atheist friend about who you are. There's no way they're going to listen. And you start standing and stepping backwards in fear. But you're saying, no, take that step of faith. Tell them. I've given you a voice. I've given you feet. I've shown you who I am. So just take a small step in faith today. You don't have to make a big move to see big results. You just have to make a faithful move to see faith-filled results. I'm almost done. I love this story so much. Peter's walking on water. He falls. Lord, save me. Jesus reaches out his hand and rescues him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And I just imagine this picture What I can just think is that Jesus is still probably 10, 20 yards from the boat. Remember, the disciples can't understand if it's him or not, but but the wind carries his voice. Peter hears it. He goes, that's my Savior. That is Jesus. So Jesus, if it's you, call me out upon the water. And he gets on the water. He runs to Jesus, but he falls. But Jesus picks him up, and they're still about 10 or 20 yards off the boat. And so Jesus, hand in hand, with grace and truth, with grace, you've fallen We've all fallen short of the glory of God, but by the grace of Jesus, you are saved. Amen? And by that grace, he holds Peter hand in hand, arm in arm, and he guides him. Let's go back to the boat, Peter. And this is what I love right here. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. My last and final point, which is the most important this morning, His presence is revealed by his power. His presence is revealed by his power. This is how you know he's not ghosting you today. This is how you know he's never ghosted you, nor will he ever ghost you, is his presence is revealed by his power. And even when you think he's not with you, he's with you. Just look back and you understand the promises that he got you through that storm. He got you through that circumstance. He got you through that relationship. He got you through that problem. And now you are able to stand today going, you know what? There's my testimony. That's what I've gone through. And there's power in his name. And there's power in what he has done for me. So I stand here today knowing that guess what? He has never ghosted me. He'll never ghost me. And guess what? He's with me today. His presence is revealed by his power. And more than that, Jesus, when the disciples just looked up to heaven like, oh, no, way to go. The disciples said, the angel comes down to the disciples in Acts chapter 1. He says, guys, don't you remember? He's got to go, but he's sending you a greater helper, the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Ghost as you proclaim as believers that Jesus is the Son of God and that he came to die for our sins upon the cross. As we proclaim that truth, the Holy Spirit is now within us and the power that rose Jesus from the grave is now within us today. So therefore, his presence is revealed by his power. His power is in you. It's in you. It's in you. As long as you proclaim that he is Jesus, the Son of God. Amen? His presence is revealed by his power, people. So don't you ever think for a moment that you're alone in this. He's gave you a spirit. Don't ever think you have to be alone in this. He gave you his church. Did you hear me? The church was not made for comfy Christians to show up into a room and fake our religious, spiritual ideologies and think, oh, we got it all together. No, the church was created for us to gather together and go, guess what? Here's my sin. Let's walk together. Here's my problems. Let's walk together. And if we don't start being the real church, we will never have the church. That's why connect groups are so important, that you can finally be real with people. You don't have to stand on a stage and go, hey, here's all my problems, here's all my sins, here's all my addictions, here's everything I'm going through. No, but you can gather together with 10 to 12 people and go, man, guys, it's been a rough week. Here's what's going on. Here's what I'm facing. And you see, when you gather with the church, bonded together by the Holy Spirit, his power shows up. And you see, by the end of this, do you see what the disciples do? The last verse for today, verse 33. And those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. This was the very first time that the disciples themselves proclaimed that Jesus, who they've been walking with for two years, was the son of God. It's the very first time. And maybe today you've gone through the storm. Maybe you're going through the storm. You see, what I know is you're either about to go in a storm, you're in the storm, or you just got to out one. But all of us are going to go through them each and every day of our lives. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. Maybe today is the first time you can say you truly are the son of God. Maybe you've been coming here for two years. That's fine. But maybe today is the first time you can go, truly that's the son of God. Listen to what he does. Look at what he does. And I've already seen his power working in my life. I know his presence is for me and not against me. I know his presence is with me every single day. I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He is right here each and every moment of each and every day. And all I got to do is put my full trust in him. Today can be your day to say, truly that's the son of God. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Dulas Youth. Thanks again for listening. See you soon.